Live. Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator. DeAndre here with Bill Goldberg. Hello. What's going on? Another cramping. Back cramping. Actually, it's that time of the month. <laughs> I know, but um, it's all good, man. Just trying to survive out here in 105 degree weather. Yeah, working on the ranch. Oh, it's yeah. a whole different kind of workout. It's all like Rocky Four style. Just moving logs around, dragging shit around. The- <laughs> I, wish it was, I wish it were logs. They'd be lighter than the freaking boulders, but that's what a tractor's thinking. Yeah, the tractor's for. Um, uh, yeah, so, you know, exciting stuff starting to come up, starting to make some plans for Monterey Car Week. Um, we're going to see uh, Barrett Jackson just wrapped up Vegas. Um, I, I haven't seen the results of it yet. But it seems to be like a pretty good event. Uh, you and I were just talking a minute ago about some of the charity cars that seem to do pretty well, and and they always do for, for those guys. Uh, yeah, we're also talking about how how well the 170, uh, the new Dodge, how well we didn't think it did. I mean, honestly, I thought it'd bring more money than four hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, so that was a charity car. I guess it's like VIN one or whatever they're they're doing on it, which they've done in the past. And the charity was cars it, was it VIN one? I, I'm assuming it was because it's usually the case when it comes to Barrett Jackson is they get uh uh VIN one as part of the deal. Um let's see. That's crazy if that was VIN one. If it was if it was Vin one, let's see. Um, or maybe it's the final one. That's um, when I did it. I, it's the last Vin, I think, is what they were doing, which is an interesting way of doing it because Vin one is so competitive. Yeah, uh, Vin yeah. One wouldn't have gone for four hundred grand. Yeah, uh, actually, this number is coming in at seven hundred. Oh, because it went back because they bid twice. Yeah. So, That's right. So, yeah. So it actually brought in 700,000 for charity. But as you were saying, is the first person brought it up to, I don't know, something like 400,000 and then gave the car back. So he just donated the money and then the bid continued uh, and it uh, it added to it. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I guess that turned out to be a pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Turned out to be a pretty good uh, uh, deal for them. Um, yeah, just a lot going around around that Dodge uh, Demon 170. We just we get into this battle of. I saw one on eBay or something. You know, like the the slot positioning for it. You know, not the specific car itself, quite obviously, because they're not out yet. But um, yeah, I, I guess they're popping up. I haven't seen yeah. other any anything other than those two, but well. If these do well in the aftermarket, then it helps to bring up the other demons, right? Like the yes. previous gen, right? It brings up the value of those. Yes, it does. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so There's money factors um, to go into it right now, man, with that car. I mean, I, I, I just can't wait to see the first one on the street. Yeah. I guess the first one on the street is probably going to be mine, but I don't know. The odds of seeing. One of those driving around here are pretty slim. Uh, yeah, so I don't have the results. Um, they usually send out the press release like a, a week after. And uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how it's done in overall the car because I didn't get to watch a whole ton of it. And I just kind of want to see where we are with the market. But, you know, they've got um, they've got their uh, their first ever New Orleans event coming up in September. But 
prior to that, of course, in October will be Monterey Car Week, where there's a handful of auctions and Broad Arrow and Gooding and RM and and Meekum and and a couple of the others that are all up there. So we'll see how how that's going to go. So we're just kind of starting to put together a plan for that, and now the plan for SEMA. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious as to how these auctions are doing at this time in the world and this time of the year uh, and, you know, taking everything into consideration with the climate of auto industry. I'm really curious to see where we are because to be perfectly honest, and I love Barrett Jackson, but this Vegas Barrett Jackson just came, just flew way under the radar for me. Yeah. I'm not, um, I mean, I'm on all the lists, so it seems like it was, it was, it was promoted to me and I follow them all on social media and I think it was, so it felt like it was promoted to me. Um, I don't know that I watch those TV stations regularly, so I'm not sure how how much they've been promoted. I mean, I'm sure it's pretty much on par, but yeah, there was something something overall just felt a little less promoted. Now, there's this new relationship, you know. Um, you know, no secret we brought it up before how uh, Barrett Jackson sold half the company to Endeavor, which is this you know, big agency and entertainment company that's buying up uh, uh, entertainment properties. They got WWE, they got UFC, they've got the um, rodeo. What is it? PBR. When I say PBR, I always think of the beer, but I think it is the rodeo though. Right. <laughs> oh, I, we lost your microphone. You get pushed away. Oh, he's up high. <laughs> it's up high. You're, uh, the, P- there you go. Uh, PBR is professional bull riders, right? So that organization, I think, was also part of uh, of this roll-up of, of big entertainment companies. So what was interesting is um, I was uh, talking to, to Brad Fanshawe. We were doing the podcast last week, and he did a quick trip to Vegas. He did to the opening night gala and the first day. Then he came back to uh, take care of his mom. Um, but he said it was interesting because some of the uh, some of the PBR stars, I guess, the athletes, uh, they had a, a, a pretty big presence and were a part of Barrett Jackson. And there was a big display in the middle of the Vegas event uh, under the roof at the convention center, which was promoting the rodeo, promoting the the. Uh, promoting PBR. So there's starting yeah. to be some integration to that. I I can see the UFC. I can see WWE. Um, but in all honesty, please tell me the correlation you think between PBR and Barrett Jackson. Well, I think, I think one of the challenges that they're trying to work on is making that correlation. They're trying but, to, it's certainly not the crowd that, I mean, no, I think more for the Scottsdale auction, right? Then and maybe in 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 Texas before they did even, Texas, even more so, not the crowd. But but, I mean, Westworld is where they do some of those events. Where still you know, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, hey, it might be a nice uh, like a fifty foot jump shot. But I don't I mean, see- look. I mean, listen, Peter Jackson because car collection is kind of this great mediator across industries and people's careers right like you know you're a professional wrestler you're you know a, a wall street 
I can see it. Guru, like you buy cars, you like cars. Right, but not PBR. That's all I'm saying. I, I guess they were pushing some trucks and they were bringing some of those celebrities up there. But you're right. Is is if they bring some of the PBR guys up on the stage to help move a car, I wouldn't know any of the names. Well, I mean, I'm not. Hey, dude, don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from the PBR. And those I just dudes, don't follow it. Yeah, they're I freaking don't. crazy. I watch it every once in a while. I mean, it's and to see it live is unbelievable. It's like like watching NHRA, right? In a way, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. Shock, shock and awe. I just don't see the correlation. I don't see. I just, <clears throat> I think that it's a waste of time. But I mean, with all the other ventures, I would see them, you know, strategizing to put more attention on cross-referencing those audiences as opposed to this. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I guess we'll, we'll see how, how, what kind of reception they, they get and and the displays and stuff that are at the events, but you're right. I, I can see at future events, them doing something with UFC, maybe doing something with WWE because, uh, you know, WWE, of course, more than UFC. And of course, PBR is WWE being an entertainment property part of what they do now with like with reality shows and and guest appearances on on you know like dancing with the stars and things like that that yes they're 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 turning WWE wrestlers more into entertainers more into celebrity figures more to fan based stuff although WWE has always been super fan based right there's yeah, I mean it's it, I mean that that's not something that hasn't been in the repertoire of Pro at pro professional wrestling. I mean, that's that's how it's always been. Yeah, that's how it's always been, right? It's an it's a natural correlator. Um, back back in the day, like back in the Hulk Hogan days, and the and and you know um, Andre the Giant, and uh, you know uh, those guys, and uh, Ultimate Warrior, and um, Junkyard Dude, I'm, Dog. I'm Fifty seven years old. I drive up to Austin the last two days. At a to a place, uh, I can't even remember the damn name, but uh, it was a it's a training it's a like a high not I'm not gonna say highbrow but a high level training institute for NFL players for professional mm-hmm. athletes. They're Gage, so I take Gage up there. His trainer uh, coaches a kid named uh, uh, Landon, I think it's Landon Johnson, uh, for uh, where he plays now, man. He, he was with the Redskins, but he played at uh, Alabama, played linebacker, or played uh, defensive back at, at Alabama, been in the league four years. Let's just say Gage trained with five guys yesterday that are all in the NFL. They're not veterans. They've been probably two to six years uh, average. Yeah. And all of them just freaked out with the wrestling thing. It, it, it just it crosses every boundary. Yeah. I mean, you're a pro athlete. I mean, it doesn't matter. It's wild how – how expansive the reach is and PBR, PBR is so niche yeah it's, it's so niche not yeah. even comparable that that's all that i'm saying so. i mean the the old school guys that i was talking about you know there was cartoons back in the day and, and yeah it's just like all, all kind of stuff yeah uh anyway so yeah it's just kind of uh interesting to see how those events are gonna are going to play out i mean it it gives it gives Craig Jackson and his team, um, you know, as we said, he was able to 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 cash in a little bit, but still run the company. Uh, so we now he's got this 
it's nice validation going, hey, you know, you you and your family built this company for a long time. Here's a here's a bunch of money to reward you for that, which is good, <laughs> which a lot of us are striving to get to. Uh, but also he wanted to stay on and be a, be a part of it. So uh, I'm sure he's got many more years of doing that. And now that the company is backed by something even larger, uh, they've got the funding and the partners to to take it to the next level, right? Like, where do you go from here? And that's kind of interesting is like, it's an auction, but it's also a really killer event. You know, I love going to Gooding and, and RM uh, in Monterey, uh, Adam Kroll and I go every year up there and we love seeing those cars, but it really is just the cars. It's not an event type of thing. And we and, spoke about it before. It's like Goodwood. Yeah. Now they hold the auctions at an event being Monterey Car Week. So you can go to, you know, the exotics on Cannery Row or whatever it is now, Broadway, and you can go to the track and you can go to Pebble Beach and you can go to all these events and the auction is a part of it. Whereas Barrett Jackson does it all under one brand. It's their event, you know, particularly Scottsdale. Uh, we'll see how they can grow the other events like Vegas and and Palm Beach, still pretty popular. Palm Beach, I haven't been to, but Palm Beach, Vegas, and the new New Orleans event. Um, you know, it's good. I'm, ex- I'm excited for them. I'm happy for them. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I've been... Uh, I've been kind of digging through the the cars in my garage, looks looking like, at the. Looks like you spent all the time strategically parking every one of them perfectly I, so that you can view them. I, let me, uh, let me uh, over it. my shoulder. They're they're on give camera like over month, my shoulder. Give me a month and a half, and I'll be able to do that over here. Uh, yeah. So as I was, uh, uh, prepping the Mustang Mach One for the HRE Wheel Show, brought it back. We've got a few things on that, um, and then I've been trying to kind of pick up and, and make the list of things to do on the 95 lightning and the red 93 Cobra, which obviously has been around sitting there as a project for a long time. Um, my friend, Chris Brown, uh, the car designer and, and and whatnot, he, we finished up the mirrors and the door handles for the 95 lightning. And he brought them over a little while ago um, they're done. Like Evod cut them all out of billet aluminum. We had them Cerakoted. They're done in, they're in black, but it's kind of an off black. It's not like a shiny black to match the paint, but it's not complete flat. It's kind of a, it's like a slight shade off black just to give it a little bit of an accent on the door handles and, and the mirrors. The door handles are, are fantastic. Those basically bolt right on. Um, the mirrors uh, if you guys remember, we took the the door glass, which had a quarter window, and converted it to a one-piece glass conversion. Now, when I did that, it gave us the option to move the mirror forward because you don't have the post of that quarter glass in the way. That's why the mirrors were moved back. So now that we move the mirrors forward a little bit, it has a little bit better look. So the mirror isn't quite as much in the center of the door. It's more toward the front uh, of the door. Um, but we were trying to come up with a way to not like sort of cut up the whole door to mount this thing and fill holes and weld it. So we made, we made a foot, we made a base for the mirror. That's a little bit longer. It's all billet aluminum, but it, and it uses, I think two of the factory holes, but then we add a third hole to the front. So it's got some stability and behind it, we have to mount 
a plate because the mirror is much heavier than the plastic ones. So if you drive down the road and you're hitting a bunch of bumps, the mirrors shake. So like every 1970s car. Yeah. Right. But now that we added, you know, a two pound billet piece instead of a half a pound plastic piece, uh, we, we have to make a plate on the back end to do it. But um, there's kind of like, there's these threaded inserts on the backside uh, that uh, I have to like drill out and remove and then add my plate and bolt it in there. So it's going to take a little bit of a work to get it done. Um, I'm trying to f- see if it can be done all underneath the the plate of that mirror, underneath the foot of that mirror um, without having to repaint the door. Can it all be done and can we drill it out and remove the backing plate and add our new one and and not screw up the door? Can it be done uh, just, you know, without having to repaint and rebody and fill and weld and do any of that stuff? So I think so. I think so. But I haven't removed the the stock backing plate. So there's a couple like spot welds that need to be drilled out. And then we'll we'll see what that does to the door. Um, and if our new mirror covers it. So anyway, that piece is looking pretty good. And, you know, I had billet badges make me the badges and stuff for that car at SEMA a few years ago. Um, and we were just kind of rushing it. We wanted it in black and they kind of came out this weird gray color, like the Ford logo. And um, on the side, the F-150 logo, which now says supercharged. It had this weird kind of like kind of, tan black like tinted kind of colors it's kind of off and it was weird so um when we had the mirrors and the door handles done uh had them done on the the cerakote coating it gave us an opportunity to pull all the emblems off and send it all off at once and have everything done to match and it came out fantastic so they do a cerakote over the whole thing and then on the writing where it says ford or on the sides where it says f-150 supercharged that's just sort of a, a brushed aluminum. And um, so what Chris does is he just sent them out, had them Cerakoted, and then he just makes a, a flat panel and he sands that that top coat off and and it's all kind of um, embedded into into the grooves underneath. And it came out, came out fantastic. So it looks good. So uh, that and I, it, when we when we did the one piece glass conversion, it adds this door beam inside the door. Um, stability for the glass uh, and that's where a speaker would normally go so uh, I can don't put a speaker in there what's that? Don't even drive the fucker man don't worry about a speaker I just sit in it and listen to the radio <laughs> um, but anyway I, I I found a, I found a solution I found a very slim mount type, type of speaker that I think is going to work but the door panel because the door panel the plastic door panel on the inside would start to turn up where the where the quarter window was. Um, now it has to go all the way the length of um, of the door. So we have to kind of cut off the top of the door panel. So the top of the door panel sits flat where the felt is, where the window is. And then it comes up in sort of this plastic triangle shape. And that triangle has to be cut off. And I need to make the door panel go all the way straight across. And it, there's no way that we could like bondo it or or plastic and weld it and then plastic weld it and then have the felt strip go and then actually match, match 
the texture of the plastic door panel. You won't be able to make it happen. So my thought was uh, in that area, we'll just make a pod for uh, a mid-range speaker. So I'll have the woofer in the door. We'll do a mid-range speaker, like a two and a half inch uh, on top of the door panel. And then the tweeter will be in the A pillar. So it'll have a very cool kind of three speaker effect. And it solves the issue because we custom mounted a pod where we cut off that triangle plastic piece. And then it'll match the rest of of the door panel because we can do that in a vinyl or leather or something. So anyway, just kind of a thought on that. Um, uh, uh, Did some measurements and played around with it. And I think that's probably going to be able to work. So I'll start moving forward on that. And then the red Mustang, there was two issues I was playing with is um, uh, one is so Brad Fanshaw, uh, my co-host on shift and steer, he has bond speed wheels. He made me wheels for the Mustang. And years ago, we we rolled it out the cement at work, but he did a hidden valve stem, which is a move on some high end cars. The valve stem is not on the outer portion of the rim. It's on the inner portion of the rim. Um now, you got to be careful where you put it because what happens is is that valve stem can often hit the brake caliper. So when the wheel spins, it just keeps hitting it. And uh, when we first put it together, because we were rushing for SEMA years ago, and now the valve stem's rubber and it had a rubber cap, so it had, has some flex in it. But we put the car down and we were going to roll it, push it out to get pictures and before we put it on the trailer... And then it's it's like sounded it's like, like a bicycle with credit with cards in the That's exactly what I was gonna say. It sounded like baseball cards in the in the spokes of your now not quite as fast, but it, yeah, you hear like what the hell? And yeah. 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 So um so we went to like like a flush valve stem, which is a little more complicated. It's metal and you have to screw in the valve stem piece. But now that we've got it back and I was able to to uh put it up on jack stands and spend some time in it i i it's really on the rear wheel where it hits the most so i took one of the rear wheels had the tire removed brought the wheel back and got a couple of different valve stems and it took some measurements and i'm just installing them myself one at a time to come up with a solution that i think works and i i don't want to use the flush valve stem because it has this weird little cap and then you have to unscrew the cap and then screw in like an extension to fill up the air. And even that extension is tough to get to because of the angle of it. So that's not a good solution. So um, I'm trying to find a small enough valve stem to work. Well, so I, I found one that will work and it's a regular valve stem. It's a regular, it's the metal version, which is fine and it'll work and I can fill up the air. Um, but the gauges and the and the, the computer stuff that I'm putting in this car from Dakota Digital has an option for TPMS. It has the pressure sensor monitor. Now, I don't have to use it, but because the option is there, I'm seeing if I can come up with a way to make it happen. So I spoke to Dakota Digital, and they don't offer a short valve stem, but their TPMS, TPMS uses the normal Schrader system. Um so if I can find a short enough valve stem, so I think I found something that might be close. It might be close. Uh, and if so, I can put it on the Dakota Digital TPMS. And I wouldn't mind having that in the car. Uh, if it works, 
and it fits, great. If it doesn't, not that big of a deal. I do have a valve stem solution without the TPMS that I could use. And it, I don't have to fuss around with screwing in the extension and all that stuff. So that part of it is solved, but it is it is close. And I talked to Brad about it as well. I was like, what kind of flex is in the wheel and what am I going to expect here? And and is, you know, how much clearance do I need? Is it like a sheet of paper or is it like five sheets of paper? Because that's really what we're talking about now is how thin it is. And, and uh, I think I'm, I, I think I'm in okay. I think I'm in, a, in in good shape. I don't know about the TPS version. I ordered pieces. We'll see if it fits, but, um, yeah. So, uh, if I can get that solution that I can put it back on the ground and move it around. Cause right now it's been sitting on jack stands for a while. Uh, and then the next is, and I know I've been talking about it for years. It's talking about a broken record, but is the, the brackets we're making for the supercharger. Um, I took some more measurements and mocked up some stuff in wood and shot a video of what I was trying to do. And I sent it all over to the engineer at ProCharger, uh, Clint. He's a really nice guy. And first of all, I said, I go, hey, remember two years ago and you said you were making a, a Ford uh, front accessory drive? Um, he's like, I haven't even started it yet. <laughs> and I was like, all right. I go, well, let me tell you what I'm planning on doing. And you let me know if this is nuts or it's never going to work or, you know, what's your thought on this? Um, and I, I kind of sent him over some rough ideas of what we were putting together. And he came back and said, he, he thinks it's real nice and super clean, um, should work great. We've got to figure out exactly how and where to put uh, a, a belt tensioner. So we got to find some room for that. And that's an important part of it. You can't, you can't just do your idle pulleys and belt tensioner without any real thought behind it. And um, uh, Eric Radson's at at Pro Charger has been doing a lot of their videos, a lot of their YouTube videos. He actually did a really good video of tensioners, the different types of tensioners, the ones that Pro Charger uses, how to set up a tensioner, especially for doing a custom kit. And you've got you've got quite a bit of swing on a tensioner. And where do you do to kind of get it in the middle so it's got enough tension on the belt, but also can move up and down uh, with with enough room? Because if you go too tight or if it's too loose, there's no more room in the tensioner. Uh, um, so it's it's a it's a pretty cool YouTube video, and it 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 kind of just opened your eyes to going. I didn't know I needed to learn about belt tensioners, but now you do, and there's there's some stuff you need to figure out. So. Uh, coming up with your own, building your own front engine accessory drive is, uh, I don't think it's super hard, but it definitely requires some thought. Like you got to play around with this a few times. And then as you're doing it and I'm mocking it up and I'm looking at it and I go, oh, this is going to be easy. And then I'm looking at my go, oh, but there's no lower radiator hose on my car right now. And I'm like, that's going to be in the way. That's going to that's going to screw me up. So I got to mock things up a few more times to get it to work. But um, anyway, that's that's where I'm off with those projects, trying to inch forward while handling and, and doing a bunch of other things in the process. So um, welcome to my yeah. life. Yeah, right. I mean, the custom projects is why you go get the Ring Brothers to do everything. This is—I wish I could do that, but I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the wait time alone isn't worth it. But yes, if you could, those are the dudes to go for. 
A little bit of car news. So, you know, Aston Martin, they are backed by uh, a big holding company that also has a stake or I think, yeah, has a pretty big stake in Lucid. So, and, you know, Aston Martin's worked with Mercedes for, for quite some time. Um, their V8 engines came from Mercedes. A lot of their, their electronics infotainment system and stuff came from Mercedes. And um, this is kind of interesting. So Lucid, I think, has a pretty good powertrain system in the works on their cars. Now, I don't know about the the quality and the longevity, but it seems to be pretty cool. Those cars are fast. Excuse me. Now, there's some quality issues around the build of those cars, but That'll come with time, hopefully. Uh, but um, Aston Martin is teaming up with Lucid. And Aston's going to be leaning on Lucid for battery electric powertrain components. So when Aston goes, hey, we want to start doing an EV or an EV SUV or something to that effect, which they're going to have to do. Uh, we can look at Lucid for providing maybe some of that some of that stuff. So that could be kind of interesting. The Lucids are fast and Aston wants to be fast. But it, but that's a different relationship than the Ford Rivian relationship. It well, is, which, it. yes, which Ford and Rivian basically ended. They're not doing powertrain sharing, which, you know, the Rivian was going to under, the Rivian EV powertrain was going to sort of underpin Lincoln's efforts. But uh, Ford of Europe, I think, is, is where the EV headquarters is for Ford. Um, and after Mustang Mach-E and F-150, I think they, they're like, we don't necessarily need to to lean on, on Rivian for this. Now they still own a stake in Rivian. So, you know, that's a, a good investment for them, but um, yeah. So this is going to be, uh, this is going to be interesting. Um, I think interesting for Lucid and for Aston Martin. Aston Martin potentially doesn't have to reinvent the the electric wheel, I guess you could say, from scratch. And Lucid potentially has a client now that uh, is going to offset, help increase revenue other than just car sales, right? Like, look at what Tesla has been doing. Besides all of Tesla's other businesses and robotics and AI and space exploration and 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 all that, but you know, don't forget Twitter. Right. Yeah. Well, that's not really Tesla as much as is Elon, but, um, but you know, uh, the, the potential for Tesla to to increase revenue by opening up their supercharger network to Ford and then to GM and the most recent announcement, um, uh, Volvo has signed with them yeah, as well. We talked about it a long time ago, and it's coming to fruition for sure. You know, um, they've got to grow that network now that all these other players are going to come in on board, and now they're coming on board over the next year or two, so. Maybe Tesla's got a little bit of time to, you know, increase their their network from twelve thousand to I don't know what they're what they're trying to go after. But you really wonder what what type of effect that's going to have on the existing Tesla customers who are already waiting in line to charge their car. Yes, so the line is going to be the issue. There's going to be s- several commutes, if you will, like the LA to Vegas one, where there's already lines where something will have to be done. And I don't know if 
you can add more chargers to that station or you add a second location and um and get real smart about the in-car notifications about what's being used, how big is the line, you know, how long are you going to wait and and stuff. So there needs to be some sort of communication uh to you know, in between these cars, not just the Teslas, but now if if Ford and GM and Volvo and who knows how many more are going to sign on between now and then, um, it'll be kind of kind of interesting. But you know, um, but speaking of EV, Lotus, uh, the Lotus EV is uh is, is we're getting more specs on it. It's kind of cool looking. It's kind of it's kind of got a little bit of that. I mean, you see it and you think the Lamborghini Urus personally I think it's got a little bit of that going on um with the squinty headlights uh um I don't think the shape is quite as pretty as the Ferrari per Songway but um maybe kind of similar headlight thing um but Lotus is trying to you know Lotus has always been about you know a lightweight smaller engine smaller great engine. handling performance and uh they're like, how do we do that in an electric SUV? So they've um they've come up with two versions. Uh the basically a well, there's a big and a small, but there's gonna be uh, a small, medium, and large. There's the Electra, I believe they're calling it, and then there's the S, the Electra S, and then the R. And the Electra and the Electra S are gonna have the same powertrain. Uh, it's about 603 horsepower and should get you to zero to 60 in four and a half seconds. And then the R steps up to 905 horsepower and they claim 2.95 seconds. I'm not sure why it's not 2.9. I'm not sure why it's not 3.0, but somehow uh, with the right day and the right temperature and the right breeze and the right driver, it's 2.95 seconds. Um but what's interesting is it's it's using uh uh a two speed transmission um for the rear electric motor and a single speed transmission for the front electric motor so um I'm not exactly sure what this is gonna do to range, but I think it does provide for a little bit higher top speed hundred and sixty five miles an hour um you know my my Ford lightning. I'm sure it's limited electronically, but you know, zero to sixty in four seconds is fast, but it only tops out like 105, 100, you know, eight, excuse me, something like that. Uh, the range for these two vehicles for the Lotus is 373 estimated miles. Now, this is the European driving cycle, so I think it's how they do it is a little different than ours. So ours, I believe, comes in um down from these numbers a little bit so if they're at 373 for the standard version and about 304 miles of range for the r um you probably knock some miles off of that for us which is you know not bad if they come in at 350 and 280 uh it's pretty good it's pretty aggressive um but here's the interesting thing is in a world of suvs that are weighing eight thousand pounds uh, theirs comes in at 5,820. Now, that's for the R. It's 40, it's 5,489. So around 5,500 for the base version and a little over 5,800 pounds for the R version. 
Um, but in the world of electric SUVs, I think that's coming in at a at a lighter weight. Uh, not exactly that, sure that how they're doing it. Is that because I, they were able to, with the battery technology, save weight there, or is the uh, is the vehicle made of styrofoam? It's probably styrofoam, <laughs> and uh, I mean it's got a hundred and twelve kilowatt lithium ion battery, and I don't think you can really change that. It is what it is, right? I don't think you get to play around with the weight of that. Um, curious what the Lamborghini weighs. Well, now I guess the Lamborghini is is now the Lamborghini Urus, which isn't electric yet. Is under five thousand pounds. But that's where the that's where all the weight is, right? It's the and battery. then you got to add the battery, right? So I don't know. Maybe they're going to come in somewhere around around there. I guess we'll we'll find out. But I mean, the things that we that we see on the road, roughly that size, are are pretty heavy. Like a Rivian's seven thousand pounds, seventy one, almost seventy two hundred pounds. I can't imagine the Lotus is much smaller i mean the rivian's not that big maybe right because the the rivian r1t which is the suv yeah it's i don't know 7150 pounds i don't know seems like the lotus seems light to me anyway it looks cool the interior is cool we'll see how it's going to play out um but if you like the lamborghini version and you want the gas engine and you want you know the new and you don't want to pay 400. Yeah. And uh, then um, now is your last chance because over the next year or so, uh, the only option on the Urus is going to be a plug-in hybrid. You'll still have the V8 with the gas engine, but it'll be offset with a battery. Uh, and uh, and I'm sure it'll be quick and it'll perform great. But like we, we were talking before, it's like, are we leasing electric vehicles and hybrids or are we buying them? Because when it comes to collectability, like what are we doing with that battery that's sitting, you know, six months or a year and never being fired up, especially on the supercars that we talked about, you know, like LaFerrari and P1 and stuff. So just kind of a, a thought, like if you're going to, if you're going to get some sort of EV or, or super high end expensive hybrid, um, probably drive it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably probably drive it. Uh it's gonna melt. Yeah. Anyway, um before we wrap up, I want to talk about this singer. Did you see the singer concept? I mean, but yeah, they're, they're always they've always been cool, right? I mean, what a cool piece. Early. They're they're taking the they're taking a turbocharged 964 and they're rebodying it and you know, because they're on this turbo kick now. That's the new, the new agenda is the turbo cars for a uh, for a singer, and they rebodied this thing to sort of a modern day, you know, nine thirty four and a half. Uh, you know, the big wing in the back and the flares and just super slick lines. Uh, you know, and and the concepts that they put out. It's got the wheel covers that are like on the nine thirty five, like on Adam Krola's nine thirty five. Um, I don't know how, how streetable this is going to be, but it looks so fantastic in the photo because that's what we've seen on so many of those cars in the past. And it's, you know, an Adams race car, it's got the knockoff, right. And it's got kind of a BBS and there's a couple little holes in it. And that the fan, the wheel cover, the fan is just tin. It's like a tin aluminum. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
but you can't get the same wheel sizes as the original. So the original wheels with those fans we have on the car, if he ever wants to show it, but he doesn't race it with it because the wheel sizes are, are different. You can't get those. You can't get a tire for it, basically. Um, so if you wanted to race with it, you'd have to make new fans from scratch. But uh, but the concept is looking fantastic with Singer. Uh, you guys um, just just Google uh, Singer. 934 and a half or 934 slash five and you'll see how how amazing this this car looks uh what they've done with with the big wing and the rear diffuser and they got this exhaust kind of coming out um on the side behind the rear wheel like it's just a sharp sharp looking car they do such a good job on this thing when you see it from the back and how wide it is uh, it it just looks like a sick race car for the street. If you put a racing livery on this thing, you would have, you wouldn't know the difference at all. Like uh, all the bodywork and everything is there. So, um, only only uh, Singer and God knows what this thing's going to cost because <laughs> it, it looks pricey. Yeah, if it wasn't going to be something outrageous, uh, Wanda's got a ninety-two sitting about twenty feet away from me. Yeah, transformation. Maybe could use the uh, the singer facelift. That'd be sick. Yeah, it would. It would be inside. So, you know, it would be expensive because they need a donor car, right? So it would be expensive, but do you get it back? I think you do. I think if you 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 take your you take your nine six four and you send it to Singer and they turn it into this you know, over the top singer creation. I I think that car does well in the future. Yeah. You know, I think. yeah, I think it does well. Uh, I think if, if, if somebody can afford to do the singer treatment on it, how uh, long have they been around? How long have they been doing, doing these? Oh things? yeah. So that's a good question. So we had them on, we had them on CarCast years ago when they were starting. So maybe there was about 12 years ago ish. Something like that. Rob Dickinson came in and he brought a singer and he's like, this is what we're doing. And like, nobody's ever heard of it. He brought a car over um, and we shot video with them and uh, what that company has grown to and what it's become. um, uh, Not just in the cars that they've built and the quality of the vehicles, but what they've done with the reputation of that company. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, just a lot of respect for that company and those cars are just going nuts as far as value. So, um, yeah. And these new cars, I, they're going to be crazy. I don't know, 700 horsepower. I think Singer's trying to to do, Adam, uh, 3.8 uh, liter twin turbo. High revenue. Yeah. yeah. Let's change the subject. Real quick. It's, a, it's a thought. <laughs> it's, it's a thought. <laughs> that would be cool. Uh, um yeah full carbon fiber body and the whole thing out so you guys looked at that up that's a, it's a cool car to get into but all right listen we're kind of we're running out of time here so i think we're going to wrap things up what's on your what's on your docket for the rest of the week well it looks like i'm baseball dad again this weekend so uh nice little travel you know yeah. try to get some carburetors tuned tomorrow uh with the gtx and the charger and the biscayne and you know Everything you didn't was- get underneath the twin turbo car, right? To see what the what the rattling was. If it was, oh, I've been out of town. I'm going to try to get it up tomorrow. Yeah, uh, I got Mario on my ass. Yeah, well, right. 
it's probably good that he is because there's no doubt. I mean, there's the, so many projects. If you don't have somebody pushing you in the direction to get it done, then you wouldn't really get it. Well, yeah, it's like you and you're 94, right? I mean, stuff just sits. Yeah, just sits, it's, just it's, sits there. Want to the best, you know. Uh, all right, uh, we're gonna wrap things up, guys. Thanks so much as uh, as always. Um, you know where we are on social media and uh, uh, the orders that came in for Bravago for um, Fourth of July weekend. We appreciate that. So uh, you know, if you haven't tried it yet, give it a try. We also got you know shirts and hats and whatever you guys need. So um, that's all at drinkbravago.com. Appreciate you guys. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. And your foot on the floor. <laughs> For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.